In a world where uncertainty reigns supreme, where shadows of chaos dance at every turn, one truth emerges unyielding. Preparation is not a luxury, but a lifeline. Behold the Wellness Company, a beacon of readiness amidst the tempestuous seas of fate. Envision a sanctuary of tranquility, where the tumult of unforeseen medical crises finds no purchase. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit stands as a bastion of assurance, a fortress of resilience against the unseen foes of health. Within its sacred confines lie the tools of salvation. Ivermectin, to ward off the insidious whispers of disease. Emergency antibiotics, to quell the raging storms of infection. Antivirals, to vanquish the relentless tides of contagion and more. The Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is not merely a collection of supplies. It is the embodiment of preparedness itself. Crafted by the hands of esteemed healers led by luminaries such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Risch, and Dr. Drew Pinsky, this kit stands as the pinnacle of safety, the zenith of prevention. These truth-seeking doctors have forged a testament to vigilance, a testament to the unwavering pursuit of well-being. Embrace the certainty that comes from being armed against adversity. Embrace the Wellness Company, for in its embrace lies the promise of resilience, the promise of a brighter tomorrow amidst the chaos of today. Don't wait for the next crisis to strike. Visit twc.health forward slash strange planet and use promo code strange planet for an exclusive 10% discount. Prepare today and rest easy tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Following the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from the Great White North and his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard. You can become an official Patreon supporter of my work here at Strange Planet Productions by donating a monthly amount through patreon.com forward slash strange planet patreon.com forward slash strange planet there are several tiers to choose from pick which one is right for you but any monthly amount is greatly appreciated as a sign of my appreciation you can have your name mentioned on air during my weekly radio show or you could have your name included in a crawl on my youtube channel live stream you could also receive episodes of my old podcast the rock and roll twilight zone this critically acclaimed podcast produced in partnership with chris jericho is not currently available anywhere else 
If you enjoy this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, you can really get behind me and my work by donating once a month at patreon.com forward slash strange planet, patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Crop Circle filmmaker Patty Greer is here, and she brought loads of fantastic pictures of crop circles and photos of her behind the scenes working on one of her uh, crop circle films in England. And those photos will will pop up during the live stream. And if you're listening on the radio the old-fashioned way or uh, streaming audio in some other fashion, we'll do our best to, uh, to paint uh, mental pictures with our words. Patty Greer is here for the full two hours, and Patty is here to decode crop circles and reveal the hidden information contained in these amazing geometric designs. They're not all geometric. Many of them are. That are and they're found in, in farmers' fields all over the world, but predominantly in England and France and a few here in Canada. These uh, agroglyphs, as they're also known, appear to be formed almost instantaneously by intelligent balls of light. Patty's caught that on camera. And we'll play a video clip from one of her films on the live stream. Again, we'll do our best to describe it for, for those of you listening on the radio or streaming the audio. Patty Greer is a prominent crop circle filmmaker who has produced eight full-length crop circle films in 10 years. Her movies have received eight prestigious awards, including five EBEs at the International UFO Congress. Her films show footage of crop circles being produced by spinning plasma fields that appear to humans as balls of light. Patty's conclusion after visiting the lab of scientist William Levengood is that crop circles are produced by counter-rotating spinning plasma vortices, vortices uh, coming out of the earth. In her films, she also explains how seeds from crop circle formations are growing 30 to 400% more food and biofuel per plant with up to 75% more nutrition per seed. Her film Crop Circle Diaries received two EBE awards at the 2017 International UFO Congress for Best UFO Feature Film and People's Choice Award. And her website is CropCircleFilms.com. Patty Greer, welcome back. How are you? Thank you. You hit all the punchlines, which is great because some people might not make it all the way through uh, two hours, which is a lot of information. But I think that the punchline of why crop circles are important is that they're growing 30 to 400 percent more food and biofuel per plant. Well, that could come in handy as we're facing possible food shortages, uh, not in some yeah. distant future, but right now for obvious reasons. Uh, let me ask you, you know, I mentioned the UFO Congress. That's where we first met. I think it was around 2011, I believe, in oh. February 2011, where we first met. And at at that point, I still thought erroneously that that crop circles and UFOs were uh, sort of, you know, one and the same. They were they were linked, inextricably linked. And you, of course, over the years have disabused me of that. But when you first went over to England, what what did you know about crop circles? Did you have did you also think that they had something to do with UFOs? I knew nothing. I absolutely knew nothing about crop circles. And um, I went over because I was desperate to heal from mercury poisoning from a bad dentist. And I was 
looking for a cure and gave up on humans and tried, you know, what was supposedly some miracle was to go and be in a crop circle. So in 2006, I went over there really knowing nothing other than help. I need to heal, you know, and, and I give up on medical humans. And uh, it didn't heal my hands in the long run, but it certainly did distract me from the reality that I thought was my life. So you went over to England for the, the specific purpose of finding a crop circle, laying down in the middle of it and hoping, you know, for some miraculous healing. Yeah, that was my intent. And, um, you know, it was a dream, but, uh, again, I didn't research. I didn't watch documentaries. I didn't really do much of anything other than, um, start to make plans, reservations and found somebody in the family that would go with me. So it was, um, it was a virgin tour and, the very first crop circle we went in was so alarming that you could actually feel it. And all we knew was go in the fifth tractor line to the left of when you climb over the fence there in a broken tree limb. I mean, very earth uh, directions to get into a crop circle, you know, basic. And um, just keep walking is what we were told. And that first crowd circle, I mean, you could, I could feel it 10 feet before we got there, it just took our breath away. What did you then feel? It was, this, um, it was like the, all the hairs went up on my body, and I'm a girl, so little teeny hairs, but I could mm-hmm. feel every, every goosebump. I mean, head to toe, it was like the frequency all around me had shifted and literally most likely it's the electromagnetic field, but I'm not going to pretend to be a physicist or a biologist or anything. Um, I'm not. And um, there's also a difference between experiencer and researcher. I was an experiencer and I've been in more than a hundred crowd circles. I would still say I'm an experiencer, not a researcher. All right. How, how soon after you stepped foot in that first crop circle, did you pick up a camera and decide to start making films? I came back the next year by myself, um, literally just to be in the crop circles. I had no idea I was going to make movies. And by the end of summer, <clears throat> I went to the seminar where uh, all the great speakers were in a lineup for a couple days in a row. And I realized, I knew all of them because I'd been in the formations with them all summer long. And so I hired the crew that was filming the event to film me and all those people that I chose. A couple days later, mm-hmm. and uh, next thing I knew, I made my first film, which was uh, the wake-up call. Anybody listening? Question mark. And for the people that are on live stream, which I'm being very casual, uh, here is the very first movie, The Wake Up Call. Anybody listening? And oh my gosh, it was so raw, natural, uh, fresh, like, you know, first time anybody seeing a crop circle or being in it. Uh, that's what this movie is about. It was all of us being there in the formations live. It was 
incredible. And how soon before you were renting planes and, and flying over them and hanging out the window with your camera? Uh, as you know, yeah, there was no window. There was a missing door. Uh, the very next year, in 2007, I hired a film crew that was there at the event filming. And um, 2008, I came back with uh, my editor's camera, and he said, you can do it. And from then on, I was filming um, all the crop circles uh, in England. And um, I was there for nine weeks, a couple summers in a row, to really dig in. And I forgot about healing and you know doing it for myself, but I was just absolutely in awe of my experiences. And also the magic there in England compared to America. You know, here we're so focused on clean cars and clean homes and fancy clothes. And in England, it was very druid energy. And the homes were, there were spider webs. There were spiders welcomed. There were a lot more open witches, you know, or they called themselves that. But there was a pride with being uh, people that work with the earth. And I think that that's why the earth is so alive there and welcoming the crop circles is that the people are also of a higher frequency when it comes to honoring the land than we are here in Cement City, America. And you're in Canada. It's pretty Cement City compared to the farmlands of England. Right, right. And when did you start hearing uh, people over in England, start talking about how, you know, if you if you ask them to come, they'll come. They'll make a crop circle right there in front of you. When did you start hearing about these sorts of reports? Oh, great question. You know, my first film, I had um, spent the summer. Let's pull up the first photo because we're like three photos in as we're talking where we could be looking at... Um, some of the pictures that I sent. Do we have Ryan available with the pictures? Yes, Ryan, yes. Now, there'll be a delay on the live stream as you and I are talking, but the people watching the live stream will see it, obviously, as soon as it comes up. But uh, but I've, I've got the pictures in front of me on my screen as well. My, so that, that, that first picture uh, that comes up, that's, that's you with the camera. That's just me and the camera in a crop circle. And um, that was a beautiful day, 2014. I was filming Sasha Stone. And um, that movie didn't uh, end up being a movie, but it was a great day in a crop circle. <clears throat> and that camera, uh, did you ever level. have, sorry, I just wanted to ask you a quick question about the camera, Patty. Did you, we always hear about cameras and sound equipment and everything malfunctioning when you're inside because of all of that, you know, electromagnetic energy. Did you ever have equipment failure? I was really lucky. I never had um, equipment problems, no phone problems, no batteries, no cameras. No, I always uh, rolled hum like a singer. It was great. No problem. <laughs> All right. And I think the other thing about um, the enhanced electromagnetic field is that people are a lot more intuitive and a lot more direct. At least that's what I found when I was playing in the crop circles. So um, let's go to photo number two, just because the first few are just what it's like being in the crop circle. Um, that one is 
<laughs> to, yeah, that's you. That's you laying in the crop circle. Yeah, I was always drawn right to the middle, and even if I went with people, I would say to them in advance, "When we enter the formation, I'm going to leave you, and I'll talk to you when we are um, done and walking out." So I wasn't social. I was serious. I was focused, and um, that's pretty much the position. I go right to the center, close my eyes. Would you and, fall? Did you ever fall asleep inside a crop circle? Well, 2007 at the very end, when the wheat was brittled, I was in a formation called Sugar Hill, and the farm was called Sugar Hill. But yes, I passed out, and it was at the end of. Um, my first real summer of being there for seven, nine weeks. And I was staying in the epicenter in different B and B's and I had a rental car. So for an American, uh, like, you know, new there to drive on the other side of the road, sitting on the other side of the car doing roundabouts. It was, um, really an adventure to be an American over there running a camera. I mean, I was just on autopilot and got really lucky. Um, the next photo is um, what it's like uh, walking through the fields. And I don't know if you know who Janet Osabard is. Yes, I've had her on. Um, I've had her on a program before. Yes. Fantastic woman. Fall of the Cabal is one of the many series that she did. But she was like my best, one of my best buddies over there. And she's in the front of the line. I'm in the back of the line. And we were heading into a crop circle at the Apery Stone Circle, um, Apery Manor. There was this big, beautiful crop circle. And so we filmed an interview there, and, and that was part of the crew in 2007 when I hired the professional crew to film. And then starting 2008, I ran my own camera. What's, and, the, uh, what's the protocol, uh, Patty, when you're when you're walking through farmers fields on on the way do you do you go up to the do you find the farmer's house first and ask how does that work you know we never did but sometimes they would have like a cash box where they would ask you to put in um three pounds or five pounds as a donation to go onto their land and a donation toward the wheat that gets stepped on or that was right. laid down by the formation but What's interesting about crop circles is that the wheat doesn't die. The wheat, the car, uh, the barley, the corn, um, it actually bends at a 90-degree angle and it keeps growing, which uh -huh. is really phenomenal. It, it doesn't die. And right. it becomes super seeds when it seeds out uh, that are growing, like we talked about, 30 to 400% more food and biofuel per plant. Right. I didn't realize it even once. I didn't realize it was bent at 90 degrees and that it kept growing. Uh, and for the uninitiated, I mean, this is not this is not like just haphazardly slapdash trampled down. There's it's like almost like this integral weave um, with, with, the, with, with, the, with the stocks. They yeah, they're interwoven. I mean, you can't do that by strapping boards on your shoes. Well, BBC and ancient aliens would tend to show you those people and you know that you can go back to sleep now, but no, there's too many real crop circles for them to um, get away with people not knowing. 
Let's go to the next slide, if you would, because I really want to get into more of the science. This is the last one where it's just me filming. But what's interesting about this one is it's called Night Watch. And we'd go up on the hillsides at night while we could still see, set up our cameras and our tripods, and we would choose a location <clears throat> that was over a field that usually got hit with crop circles during the summer. And there were two of them mainly, Golden Ball Hill, and um, we'd set up our cameras at night, and we would just wait and hope that we would be the ones to um, get pictures of balls of light. And um, East Field was another one that was really a major one. Let's go to the next image where you can see the balls of light. There's three of them that we filmed one night over East Field. Can you see those? Are you on the yes. image there? Yeah, there's, there's one up in the right-hand corner. That's, there's white, a white one. And then uh, there's a, it looks like an, an orange one. And then right below that uh, is, a, it looks like kind of a reddish color. They almost look like planets. Well, amazingly, they would move, change positions. There would be different numbers of them. But I had a couple of different people that I met in the course of the same day tell me that they had the same experience the night before um, with seeing these orange balls of light over East Field, and the very next day there was a crop circle. Hmm. Now, the idea of capturing on with your camera a, a crop circle while it was being formed with these balls of light, to capture the moment the balls of light come over the field and then to see the crop circle just suddenly appear. I mean, I'm guessing that must, that's like, the, that's, that would be the holy grail, right? Had that been before you started making crop circle films, had anyone captured that footage before? Oh, I didn't film that footage. That was 1996, a guy named William Whaley or Wavy. They don't know which one, but that was not my footage. And in my final film, Crop Circle Diaries, I show an additional footage of balls of light laying crop circles down in seconds in France. So I didn't film them myself, no. I filmed the balls of light coming over the sky, um, and I filmed a lot of them in the sky, but I didn't film them making a crop circle. I just featured those footages uh, in my film. Ah, okay. And that, so the, we're talking about the Oliver's Castle crop circle, right? That's Correct. the one? from yeah. 96 yeah. was that the was that the first time anyone had ever captured the, the balls of light and the crop circle being formed simultaneously that i know of yeah and, and that's the one that's most well known and um people have thought about it forever let's go to the next image because uh we're going to see it i wish i could see the images with you is there any way you can shift that over? <clears throat> well, I'm just, you sent the email to me with the, uh, with the pictures. So I'm just looking at those and cause you've numbered them, okay. but this is the UK ball of light with the open door. Right. Okay. So that one's really amazing. Uh, that one was taken by my friend, Monique Klickenberg from, um, Holland. And 
uh, I, I made a film called Orbs and Light Beings. And these, uh, these people that saw the orange balls of light said that they saw the door open in the orange ball and illumined light beings came out with arms and legs and a head. And uh, these guys were stunned. And I met them the very next day after this experience. And then we got the photo with the open door in the ball of light. It was shocking. Amazing. That is shocking. Patty, we're going to take a quick time out. We'll come back. Patty Greer, prominent Crop Circle filmmaker, CropCircleFilms.com. If you'd like to uh, to buy her films, CropCircleFilms.com. And uh, we'll come back on the other side and discuss further and more fantastic photos on the live stream. Stay with us. Ladies and gentlemen, the captain has turned on the fasten seatbelt sign. We're now crossing a zone of turbulence. Please return your seats and food trays to their upright position and make sure your carry-on luggage is safely stowed. You're about to leave everything you know behind. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Strange Planet. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. I call it the miracle molecule, carbon 60 or C60, for my good friends at C60Evo.com. And I take a tablespoon every morning. It delivers more than 172 times the power of vitamin C. C60 is a known antiviral, antioxidant, antibacterial, anti-inflammatory. It's a remedy that works. C60 Evo users consistently enjoy better sleep and wake up feeling refreshed. This alone is worth the cost of the bottle. I sleep like a baby. I have no aches or pains. Zero. I'm 58, and I don't have a gray hair on my head. Get your miracle in a bottle. C60 from C60Evo.com slash Richard hyphen Serrett. C60Evo.com slash Richard hyphen Serrett. Use the coupon code EVRS at checkout and save an additional 10%. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you have a medical concern, please contact your healthcare provider. 
Welcome back. Welcome back to Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. We're back with Patty Greer, crop circle filmmaker, and again the website cropcirclefilms.com. And if you're uh, not on the live stream, you might want to think about checking that out at uh, the, the YouTube live stream, Strange Planet, or on Rumble, Richard Serrett's Strange Planet, because Patty has come armed with some fantastic photographs. And uh, the the last one we had up on the uh, the live stream, this was the kind of a close up of a ball of light, and the door is open. Uh, how, how many times did you have to zoom in to get that, or or did is that basically the way it appears through the camera lens? Uh, that one in particular showed up like that. It was just shocking after hearing the story from those guys that literally when I saw them the next day, they fell out of their van, like driver door, passenger door. It was a really interesting experience. And um, I filmed them for my movie called Orbs and Light Beings. And they were just staring at the ground, very red faces. And the guy goes, they're from um, Belgium. And the guy named Igor goes, my eyes don't lie. It's just my rational mind that can't find an explanation. Right. And again, there were there were entities that came through that open door of that orb. And again, how did people describe it? Were them? There were, there were a number of them. They said that they were human-like shaped beings that were just light, all light. Can you imagine? And they were up in the sky. So they saw these orange balls of light appear, disappear, and then appear again. And the door opened and these entities came out. One came out and then the other one came out to join him or it. And then there were two. And only the two guys from Belgium saw the ball of light open and these entities come out. But on the other hand, there were these French people that, of course, I also met uh, who had seen the balls of light over East Field that very same night. And then hours later, the man that I was touring with, uh, we went into this crop circle really far away at, at called Roundaway on our way to Glastonbury. And um, the family that we met with two children also had been in that crop circle. And they reported to us that uh, a little girl was six years old. And she said, and her mom had to translate, the circle is not done. They're going to make it bigger. And sure enough, that crop circle had two more phases before it was fully uh, delivered, the full message. And it was very impressive that um, this little girl knew. Uh, it's a fascinating movie. I, I encourage people to watch it. It also cost me uh, my man partner. He just kept watching me be like a magnet to all these people in different parts of England that were in that same crop circle watching the sky that night. It was too weird. It was over the top. The magic that kept happening there, the magnetism of all the right people at the right time. It was Really impressive to me, but overwhelming to others. So let's I'm go sure. to, um, Can I just ask you, before we go to the next photo, Patty, I want to ask you about that little girl for a second. So it sounds like, what, did she receive some sort of telepathic information, perhaps, from these light beings that they're coming back over, you know, the next night to finish their agroglyph? 
yes, it was so strange that a child would say that. And she said it on camera in Dutch, and her mom um, translated into English. And the mom just kept rolling her eyes, you know, like, I can't believe she's saying this. And have these light beings, uh, while people are, I'm kind of imagining in my mind, this this community that goes over every summer and they're staying, they're staying at different bed and breakfasts, maybe miles away from each other, not talking to each other. And then they'll gather um, at a, uh, at a location where they believe a crop circle is about to be formed. Did, did any of them ever talk about while they're at their B and B or, or someplace uh, seeing one of these light beings, having one of these light beings come to them to communicate with them? I have not heard that story. And um, also, that's not exactly how it goes. Uh, we do come in from all different countries. We do stay at different B&Bs. But we meet up in the morning at uh, the Silent Circle, or we used to, 2007, 8, uh, 10, 11, 14, uh, all the years I was there. We had the Silent Circle, and it was this place where we could get coffee and cake. And the pilots would have reported to the owner of the research center where there was new crop circles. And so he'd put a pin on the map and we'd come in and have coffee together and talk about crop circles we saw yesterday or last week and, you know, whatever was new. And then we'd all go flying out if there was a report of another new crop circle. It was like a treasure hunt. I mean, the years that I was filming, there were like, 150 crop circles a year and um, uh, documented and about 75 were in England. Wow. So it was definitely the epicenter until 2019, uh, which we will get to a little bit later. Right. Okay. So the next photo, Ryan, if you could number, this is number seven, I believe. And uh, yeah, this is Oliver Castle. So describe what we're seeing here. Well, Oliver's Castle Crop Circle, um, it's basic. It's a very simple crop circle, but it is the most uh, talked about crop circle because this is the one where um, the balls of light were filmed by um, um, Wavy, John Wavy. And uh, he brought it into the barge inn and handed it over to some people after he shared it with them. And he said, I just filmed this, you know, balls of light creating a crop circle and um, at Oliver's Castle. And so um, over the years, this story has been distorted and honored and lied about and then supported and blah, blah, blah. So my final film, Crop Circle Diaries, I had this incredible gift from a Native American that I used to go in crop circles with. His name is Bear Cloud from Sedona, Arizona. And he handed me this footage and he said, yes, you can use it. And he had paid this famous guy, a well-known guy that deciphered footage of, of UFOs being real or fake. And he deciphered Oliver's Castle for Bear Cloud for $3,000. Uh, and he took his time, and then Bear Cloud filmed him saying it's absolutely as real as the um, Phoenix Light uh, UFO. 
Right. You said this footage is real of Oliver's castle, uh, where balls of light are laying down a crop circle in seconds. And so I got permission to use it at the end of my first film and my fourth film. And then, um, very strangely, I had found this little bleep of communication, um, right before the crop circle went down. And I believe that in the very beginning of my whole career that I proved that that footage was real by finding this, what looks like a binary code. It looks kind of like this here um, on the bottom of the crop circle uh, box. You can see, uh, and that's what the code was. But if you do we have that video clip that you could um, Yes, we're going to play that, but I'm thinking because it's about two minutes and we're coming up on a break probably in a uh, in about a minute and a half, maybe we'll do that first order of business when we come back uh, and, and play that, that uh, video clip. And uh, for those of you watching the live stream, you can see it, but, but there's some dialogue. You'll hear um, Patty talking about it, and then um, when there's no talking, you and I can... I guess kind of describe a little bit. So we just finished with uh, with photo se uh, picture seven. That's um, and then picture eight. Did we have picture eight up there? That's the actual ball of light communication. That's the still photo. Oh yeah, let's pull that up because that's the the uh, the moment that for some reason I found, and we described it in the little video clip coming up. But um, it wasn't that I had studied or that I was being a psychic. It was that I was, um, for some reason, and when I was editing my films, when I was in the crop circles, it, I, it's like you get into this energy field where I don't think I was thinking on my own. I was kind of thinking with the, the energies that were creating these crop circles because uh, clearly, I was being given a lot of information. And then to find this moment in time um, where my editor and I thought we had just finally completed the very first movie, uh, Crop Circle Update. No, it's called The Wake Up Call, Anybody Listening? Question mark. My very first film. And we thought it was done. And so we said, okay, great. Let's turn off all the gear and we'll go out on the deck and we'll take a break. And then we'll come in and watch the whole movie and see if it's done. You had permission to use this famous footage from Oliver's Castle in your documentary. And we see the balls of light. And uh, you think the movie's pretty well. Your documentary, you and your editor, you think, well, that's it. We've, we've cut everything together. It's, it's great. Let's go take a, a quick break out on the patio. And then you came back and something inside you, a little voice said, no, we're not quite done with this movie yet. What happened? You know what? Let's run the clip because that's what the clip is about. Okay. Hang on then. Before we get that, let me just make sure I queue it up on my phone here so I can watch as we go. I said, show me the Oliver's castle footage where two balls of light lay a crop circle down in seconds. Show it to me again. He said, why? I said, I don't know. Just do it. So he lit it up. And I watched it and I said, reverse it. He said, why? I said, I don't know, just do it. So he reversed it. We watched it. The chills came back and I said, slow it down. He said, how slow? I said, I don't know, 
and we both looked at each other like, where did that number come from? Why did I say that? I said, I don't know. Just do it. And there it is. We see. There it is. That something in connecting those two orbs. It's like a, a string or a... What the heck is that thing? Okay, here we go. We see the, the balls of light. When I first looked at this picture, I did not know anything about Oliver's Castle. I just saw two balls of plasma commun communicating with one another. And it was, it was just that simple. They are the, um, you know, the balls of plasma or the, the light at the bottom of those vortexes, vortices, that are creating the, the, the crop circle. Now, who was that lady that came in at the end, uh, Patty? Who was that woman? That was Penny Kelly, the secret weapon partner of William Levengood. Ah. And we have a photo of him in his lab coming up in a few slides. Uh, he was the only scientist in the world that proved crop circles were real. And Penny Kelly worked with him for 16 years in the lab. And I was lucky enough to meet her. And then I spent three weeks with her uh, creating this movie. All right, so let me just go back to that clip. So something spoke to you and said, play this this footage. And we see in the footage, we see at Oliver's Castle, these two orbs, and you see the, as they're circling the film, you see the crop formation form right before your eyes spontaneously. Uh, it's absolutely mind blowing. And then when you, something spoke to you and said, reverse it, slow it down by 30%, that just, that came out of nowhere into your mind, right? Came out of nowhere. And I just kept amazing the editor. And when I said 30%, that was it for me. I was like, I have no idea why I'm saying this. Um, but it, it happened. So, yeah, it was pretty uh, surprising. And then I yelled, oh, my God, what's that? And a lot of people in the field said, oh, that's a digital glitch. But it's the only one that happens. And um, I knew right when I saw it. And so did Penny Kelly. And Penny Kelly was the science expert. I was just the experiencer. But um, I also so was the one that found that moment uh, with those mathematical, you know, slow it down, reverse it, um, which is simple. But to come up with it again was just, I think, a lucky moment of me being open to receive the information. Well, so let me, let's describe for those who didn't see that clip and are hearing it on the radio, that this, this line that is connecting these two, these two balls of light, these two orbs, this straight line, horizontal line, and it looks as if it's sort of intermittently white and then a bit, a bit of black and white and black and white and black. Um, that, you refer to that as, you know, the communication between these two orbs. And that's only, I mean, it was always in that piece of film, but nobody thought to slow it down by 30% in order for it to be revealed for the first time. So what do you think, and what is that line? What is that? Well, <clears throat> it would appear to be a direct line of communication between two plasma fields and Everything is plasma. Plasma moves constantly. Plasma has intention. 
And um, so what you have there <coughs> is a direct line of communication between two plasma fields. And what I believe is that they were communicating to each other, I'll do this, you do that, and the field went down in seconds. Remarkable. And um, I mean, I wonder what that... That white, and it looks to me as if it's like white, a, a ribbon of white and black and white and black. Uh, what, what do you think it is, like zeros and ones? Or is it like binary code? We have no way of knowing, I guess. Yeah, it looks like a binary code or a barcode squeezed down. Um, but yeah, it would appear to be like a binary code. And um, a lot of the crop circles have been delivered in binary code. So, you know, crop circles are delivered in a language that we all understand, no matter what language you speak, in pictograms, pictures, and sacred geometry, like you were saying, and mathematics, and um, fractals, and binary codes, and Morse code, and we have seen a variety of coded crop circles. So, you know, they're using everything but language let's jump right back in with these uh fantastic photos and uh images that patty greer crop circle filmmaker has brought with us and uh, we're going to go to number eight uh or sorry number nine this is these are crop circle nodes we're looking at this is kind of a collage just explain what we're looking at here patty with crop circle nodes this is um, a nice variety of different ranges of what you'll see in crop circles, but the stalk of any plant uh, has little elbows naturally where it grows up and then it stops for a moment to gain itself and then it grows another big, you know, um, length and those are called nodes in the middle where it takes its break. And then it's able to bend there if need be for the plant. So what we have is blown nodes on the top right, which is where there was so much heat that it actually burned a hole through the stalk of the plant. And then in the middle, the really golden ones are called elongated nodes, where they were actually stretched. And the only way you can do that is with heat. So how do these plants that are made of cellulose um, have liquid in them, like life juice, to the point that it's so hot it would blow a hole but not kill the plant? That's what's happening for that quick second when crop circles are hit with these enhanced plasma fields, bam! And then the crops bend and lay in the exact position that they're told. And it's hundreds of thousands of stalks. So it's really quite impressive when you see this many bent nodes um, that haven't broken, that haven't, right. um, yeah. So is the, the moisture inside is superheated, almost as if they're in a microwave. And when that pressure builds up, it's got nowhere to go. So it blasts through the wall of the stock, leaving a, leaving a hole so that the moisture, the, the pressure can escape. Yep. Remarkable. And yet it doesn't kill the plant. Say it again. And yet it doesn't kill the plant. 
Right. Right. I mean, when the plants are hit with these electromagnetic spinning vortices of plasma, they've also found um, iron ore on the backside of leaves of some of the um, plants inside crop circles where it has to be 1,200 degrees to be melted molten iron to be able to pack onto the backside of the leaf. And they peeled it off, Penny did in the lab, and she could see the pattern of the leaf in the iron ore. It was absolutely astounding that it didn't burn the entire field. They have found dead flies um, on flower, uh, on seed tops in crop circles. Quite a few dead flies, um, but very few dead animals. So the next image is really incredible to me. This is corn. Or is this canola? This is canola. Yeah, canola. Yellow flowers. This is number 10, Ryan. uh, Look at the bend. Wow. Wow. So it's amazing. It goes, goes, uh, the stalk kind of bends horizontally, and then it goes straight up at almost like a 90-degree angle. Right. Unbelievable. And so in this field of canola, when you see crop circles, and canola is early season, like April, May, you're going to see canola fields and canola crop circles. And you can really see it once the yellow flowers are there because um, the formations are really bold and bright. But... um, Charles, who owned the research center, said that uh, the canola can grow up to 10 feet tall. So it's like walking in a maze when you're in a crop circle of canola where you can't even see to find your way out. Pretty alarming. Right. right. Now, um, if if left to its own devices, would a crop circle where the where the stalks have been woven and they're, they're they're now they're flat on the ground and these intricate weaves left to its own device would they un they, would they unweave themselves and stand up again or do we know what happens unweave well what happens at the end of the season is the farmer mows his crop right so they don't get a chance so, to you know it yeah, just stays in that pattern in other words until harvest time correct yeah okay. I mean, the only thing that changes it, which happened a lot uh, the last few years that I was going there, was that the government was threatening the farmers that they needed to mow out the crop circles if they wanted their monthly stipend from the government. So it was really awful uh, what started happening with the threats from the farmers, uh, from the uh, military to the farmers. And so they started mowing out the crop circles. So we had less to go in, and um, the farmers were in fear rather than welcoming. Well, that's interesting. So the the military, the government told them, destroy the evidence, basically. Uh, don't allow people to come in and see these crop circles. And if you if you don't do as you're told, you're not going to get your uh, the cash for your crop. That's right. Or your government assistance. So a lot of these beautiful formations, I mean, we get in there and if we got a, uh, a message from the research center, we'd be on it. 
and we would go immediately and start filming. And um, uh, luckily, we got most of the crop circles before the farmers mowed them out, but some of the beauties were mowed out, which is just absolutely sad. So let's go to the next image, which is William Levengood, the great scientist, in his lab. And um, he was really cute. So he and Penny were getting um, crop circle stalks from all different places around the world shipped to them. And Lefty, his name was uh, William Levengood, but they called him Lefty, uh, had been a earth and soil, plant and soil scientist since the 50s. So it was always his uh, research field, but when he started getting crop circle samples, that was it. Nothing else mattered. And so they were trying to figure out how they could flourish once they were bent, what it was that could possibly bend the stalks to be, uh, the, the nodes to be so extreme. And they discovered that, um, that it was liquid, you know, that was that hot, that was doing the causation to the change of form. But when they figured out that it was plasma, um, working in a spinning vortex that heated up to the point where it could do this level of work, they realized that it was a technology that was creating super seeds, and they took the time to re-engineer it with a germination chamber mm-hmm. and a germination tank, and they actually succeeded and came up with a machine that re-engineered the multitudes of seeds that they were creating um, naturally in crop circles, but now they were creating it in the lab. And I show um, the machine itself in Crop Circle Diaries. So if people want to see it and, you know, if they've got farms, it's a really simple machine. And um, I'm surprised that it hasn't, you know, already gone out. But so charge density plasma. So with this machine, using the charge density plasma, you can, you're reproducing the technology that is used by these light beings and these light and these orbs when they're laying down a crop circle. It's the same type of plasma. And in the germination chamber, you're getting between 30 and 400% increased crop yield with these seeds that are placed in the germination chamber. Do I have that right? Yes. Go to the next um, image because there you've got some seeds from this germination chamber. And this was one of the loads where they went, oh, my God, this is for real. Now it's being consistent. And there's just huge abundance of more crop. But there's more to the science than just the two metal plates with the charge density plasma. There was also the bizarre mystery of William Levengood leaving the seeds that created the initial mind-boggling numbers. He had found an envelope in the back of his desk drawer, and it had been sitting there for months, he said. Uh, The seeds had not been watered. They had no light. They had, you know, no fresh air. They were just in an envelope closed in the back of a drawer. And it was those seeds that created these amazing super seeds so uh, there may be something to neglecting the seeds putting seeds in the dark 
um, not letting them have any access to anything before they become super seeds. I'm sure that, you know, people would need to experiment again. And William Lovingood is gone now. Patty Greer stays with us into hour two. Prominent crop circle filmmaker who has produced eight full-length crop circle uh, films in uh, 10 years. CropCircleFilms.com back with more on the other side. Don't go away. A new Richard Serrett's Strange Planet drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe at StrangePlanetPodcast.com. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. 